Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on, on WMR.FM. It's the 25th of February, 2021. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Ways Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, I can't believe it's the 25th of February already. I know. 10 more shopping months till Christmas. Get on the ball, <laughs> folks. Um, we can't avoid it. We got to talk politics again on the show. But refreshingly, it's not American politics. It's Australian politics and the politics of uh, Facebook and Google and uh, large publishers. It's over. The war, the war between um, Facebook and um, Australia's government has ended. Um, both sides are claiming victory, so I guess you can, you can uh, suggest it's a draw. Right. Um, That's a nice way of saying nobody got their way. But <laughs> well, I'm not so sure if nobody got their way exactly. I think actually in a weird way, everyone kind of got their way, but the person who really got their way will kind of bug you. Robert Murdoch. Robert, besides owning Fox News, Robert Murdoch is also, he's Australian, and that's where he got his start. He, he, he owns a, a, a massive Australian uh, media empire, and he stands to benefit most from this, mostly because just the chunk of the of, of, of the, the, the media landscape that he actually owns. Mm-hmm. Here's how it comes down. Um, through various advertising programs, Google and Facebook and other um, large platforms that stand in the way in between the consumer and the actual like uh, place where the article gets published and Hoover up advertising dollars. They're going to, again, through their own ad programs, compensate the uh, news gathering organizations directly. Um, and they're going to pay for every piece of journalistic content that they, uh, that they use only to organizations that show annual revenues of 150,000 Australian dollars or more per year. So smaller news gathering organizations, which is these days, a lot of them, yeah. um, uh, will lose out. But large ones, such as the ones owned by Rupert Murdoch, not Robert Murdoch, by the way, Rupert yeah, Murdoch, yeah, my, yeah, my mistake, that. sorry. Um, they will. They're going to uh, to do better, which is kind of a you know nobody really wins out in the end, but in a way people do win out in the end because in a for a functioning democracy, I always hate putting uh, Rupert Murdoch in functioning democracy <laughs> in the same sentence, but you need journalism. We need people to explain, or even just to present facts. Screw explanations. Just present facts. And if they can't pay their journalists, you don't get journalism. Simple right. as that. Yeah, and that, that that is the thing. And and it's always been my sort of push on this. Like we we've talked about this on, on this show before. Is we we I, I know that there's a lot of backlash, and, and some of it's legitimate, some of it's just absolute BS um, against sort of mainstream media outlets. But they need the budgets to do the proper digging and, and reporting to because that opinion is better than 
Karen on Facebook, right? Like that's yeah. that's just how this plays out. Um, and even counting, you know, I'll even put Rupert Murdoch in that, you know, whose 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 opinion does not necessarily support my arguments, but that is necessary to your point for a functioning democracy that yeah. some journalist organization is there to act on that behalf and do the research required to make a case to the public. So if you're in Australia, you can start trading uh news posts again you can start uh complaining about the government on facebook and uh more importantly you're a little bit more well informed now what's gonna be more interesting is watching the rest of the world react to this we know that canada the eu um uh 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 and uh certain countries in in, in south america also want to enact laws um forcing the the large the large platforms to pay their pay real world publishers so yeah we'll see we'll see how the rest of the world reacts Mm -hmm. yeah and that's kind of what i saw and why i think the battleground was happening is once you show you will pay right then then the world knows that you will pay um and yeah constantly in every other country all of the agencies know bing was first to go oh google won't we will, right? Like, yep. so you know, if Google w- tries to hold it in the EU, if Google tries to hold it in Canada, if Google tries to hold it wherever this this battleground may take place, Bing will come in and go. Well, we will, right? <laughs> so, um, so it'll be interesting. I think the rest of them will probably go a lot faster. I suspect because oh, yeah, Google doesn't want to be the bad guy going. Well, Bing's going to come in, and then they're going to force our hand. Well, right? and, and now we got precedent too. We got we, we yeah. have an international precedent. We have a national level government that's uh, that's passed legislation yeah. that has gone through the standoff, and you know, compliant compliance on all sides is happening. Okay, it was your birthday earlier this week. Happy birthday! Well, thank you very much. One of my fondest memories of of time spent with you was uh, we were in San Jose. We're walking up the street from uh, I think. Uh, coming back from 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 one going from one hotel to another, maybe from dinner or something, uh, back to a hotel, and there's this group of younger internet marketers ahead of us, <laughs> arm in arm, the we don't stop for nobody crowd, and they're all you know singing we run the internet, we run the internet, <sighs> um, and we felt so powerful. I mean, I, I I never never felt so powerful. I'm just I'm, we're walking down the street thinking that we're we're you know the daddies of this industry and have the young kids running around singing about we run the internet and you'd think for all the stuff all the power we held that we might have held more sway with google and you know the decisions mm-hmm. google makes and actions they take and stuff and as it turns out <laughs> as it turns out we don't in the last 10 years, Google's only changed its algorithm because of stuff SEOs have done, according to Gary Eyes, um, what, six or seven times? Yeah, but I mean, this is this is one of those funny ones where it's like, but you're answering a question, but are you answering the right question? Because what I'm taking as his answer, meaning is where we went in and made an adjustment specifically in an algorithm, specifically to address a specific black hat strategy. That's how I'm hearing what he just said. Not, okay, we caught forum crap, just pummeling its way 
through, you know, in the early 2000s, right? I mean, you, you remember the link building at the time, right? And, and we've caught so much of that. Yeah, we're not adjusting the algorithm. We're just like specifically for that because there's a million other different crappy strategies that all look the same. Blog comment spamming, right? Like all at the same time, I went, okay, we're just going to like start factoring in links different. We're going to start diluting link flow based on the number of links on a page, but we're going to be adding, you know, no follow. And we're going to be adding, right? And we're going to be like, basically discounting links based on their architecture where they they were doing it to battle us but they weren't making a specific adjustment if you ask them they would go no we were just trying to increase the quality of our backlink counts right if you ask them what that was for it was to improve the quality of their link uh you know value metrics not to combat these jerks who keep using like forums and blog comments and sending out bots to just flood right which is is actually what they were battling so i think they've done so, it more times than they're saying is what i'm getting so what at you're saying is we really did control the internet <laughs> well at least we made the <laughs> we, we we gave probably thousands upon thousands of google engineers jobs over the years trying to figure out what we were doing because i'm imagining like you're that, welcome guys you're welcome exactly we, we we gave them employment and the shareholders probably don't like us for that because we were the reason that there was so much overhead because when they first launched Google's algorithm probably did a really, really good job. It was as soon as a bunch of us got in there and went, oh, that's how that works. Well, I want to sell Nike shoes and acne treatments, right? Like all of a sudden the, 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 the problems uh, started flooding in. So, I mean, problems. Well, I would I, I would argue that in, and, and as anything scales from uh, the something that runs on a computer in the closet of a dorm room into something that has like, you know, server farms powered by surplus hydroelectric dams. Um, as you scale upwards, weird stuff's going to happen beyond yeah. above and beyond what we could do, even though we control the Internet. Um, right. <laughs> uh, so, so some of those walks for there, and I, I would, I would argue that that historically SEO has been as good for Google as it's been um, messing with Google. In in that we've helped build a web that's very clear to Google's uh, Google's uh, search agents. Um, well, absolutely, and I mean, if we if we look at it in the in the sort of bigger picture now, right, like. We're okay. Yeah. In the early 2000s, I mean, of course I was an affiliate marketer back then. Right. But like in the early 2000s, I was not a good Google wouldn't have like loved, um, you know, some of the strategies I was, I was using at the time. And I mean, heck in some ways, fine. That, that made them push the boundaries on how their links, links were factored in. But if you look at most SEOs and I mean, maybe it's just the people I hang out with, right. All of us are kind of white hats now. Um, maybe with age, we just we, we just outgrew those shenanigans um, and, and didn't want to be quite as, as rebellious as, as once we were. But um, I think a lot of us now are, are actually helping. We're, we're kind of we, we've listened to what they've said. Google's gotten really good at, at separating the wheat from the chaff. Uh, and, and now we're sort of, to your point, sort of assisting Google and going, okay, my clients can't pay attention to Google's like blogs. My clients aren't paying attention to this. So we have to come to them and go, okay, this is a core web vital, right? And you now need to fix this. Okay. Like we're getting them moving over to HTTPS. They weren't paying attention to the tweets from like search liaison, right? Like that wasn't what they were doing. Um, but we do. And so I think we are now acting as a, as a, as a much nicer compliment to them now, whether that's good or bad, or whether we're just helping them eventually create this walled garden, single page thing that is relying on paid search. I, I don't know, but, um, you know, we'll, 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 let that play out, but either way, I think our relationship is probably a lot less combative now than it was once upon a time. 
And you know, it, it, it's been 25 years. If they were going to lower the boom on us with like the secret surprise, surprise! You've been working. To, well, you've all been working to create a PPC atmosphere. Um, yeah. I think they'd have done it by now. Like my dude did. Like, yeah, like they'd have definitely done it by now. <laughs> it's like, but they did watch Overture, so they might be just being a little more subtle. You know, Overture did that. Overture, anyway. You know, we will be. I have a feeling, based on the history and the fact that we've been doing this since since two thousand six, I have a feeling that as things evolve over the next few years, we'll probably be here to report it. So five years that. from now, we'll we'll see where we're at. Okay, we got a few seconds before we got to take a break. Um, Actually, I want to say there's a whole bunch of little quick shorties that yeah. seem really silly on the surface as individual ones, but you put them all together and they, they tell a bigger story about SEO. So um, quick warning to, to, to all webmasters out there, everybody, everybody, March 2021 is coming. In fact, it's like three days away. That was the, uh, we don't know when in March 2021. We just know March 2021. That's the day, date-ish, time, month that... Uh, <laughs> Google's mobile first um, everything universe becomes the known universe. So if your website by this time, like what is it, 26 months later after your first warning, honest to goodness, it's been a year and two years and a couple of months since they first said they were going to do this, 26 months. If your website still isn't, responsive or mobile friendly or even an M dot or whatever. I'm sorry, Charlie. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but anyway, March 2021, it, it was inevitable. It happened. Yeah. It was about to happen. You know, it's funny. I actually just had somebody come to me um, asking for a quote and that was, I, I, I went, um, and they caught the um and went, Yes, we're not mobile friendly. We do know that, and we're looking at it. I'm like, really? You made it this long? Like I said it a lot more polite on the phone, but I was just shocked. I was like, well, I'm glad you know that. But yes, I'm happy to point you to some decent developers, but you need to get that done now. Uh, oddly, they are a B2B. All their traffic is, like all of their you know, most converting traffic, in their words, their converting traffic would come from from desktop. And so that's that's all that really mattered. Of course, I have to lean, as we all do in SEO, is that because you don't have a mobile-friendly site? Right? But here's the thing. I, I deal with a whole bunch of B2Bs too, uh, business yeah. to business. Um, the vast majority of their traffic comes from desktop. Yeah. Like we're talking we're talking in the 80, 85% range. Yeah. 15% or so is from mobile, but Google doesn't care. Google's looking at the much bigger ecosystem and Google's also looking at the future. That desktop device you have today um, is likely going to be a very different device two or three years from now. Well, and that that is a good point is when we, when we look a, ahead to the future and go basically when you're creating a mobile site, uh, for the most part, we're talking nine times out of 10 of responsive, if not more than nine times out of 10, which basically means it's going to adapt a lot better to whatever structure they're putting it in. If they're dropping it on a gaming console, if they're dropping it onto a watch, if they're dropping it onto Google Glass, if they're dropping it onto whatever, um, it'll adapt a lot better than a desktop behemoth. So anyway, and we can't say we weren't warned at the end of the day. (laughs) 26 months at least. Probably longer, but yeah. I, the, the first warning I could find in, in, in my quick and very unscientific research was from about two years and a few months ago. 
Yeah. And realistically, you probably should have redesigned your site somewhere in there anyway. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> okay, we got to grab a break here on Webcology on WMR.FM. So on behalf of Dave Davis of Beatstock Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hepton, Joyce Media. You're listening to Webcology on the 25th of February, 2021. Stick around. we got more Webcology coming up after these messages. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome back to Webcology on WMR.FM. It's the 25th of February, 2021. Um, I can't believe that, like, we're almost in March. Like, it's, it's, I, I, I always talk about how the passage of time blows my mind, but Dave, I mean, like, lockdown has wonked time so badly. Oh, I know. I think everybody's in the same boat on that one. It's just this, like, warping of, like, has it been a year? Because it feels both a lot longer and a lot less than that at the same time. It's almost been a year. It was the 10th of, uh, of March when the, yeah. when the World Health Organization declared a global pandemic. And uh, a few days after, it took a couple days for the world to totally freak out. But if you look at analytics, um, you can, in almost every case, you can see that dip happen. And interestingly, you can also see the recovery in whatever sectors happen sometime in the, in the early uh, summertime and mm -hmm. whatever happened for, for whatever sector thereafter. Um, so I don't know. I've been, doing a, I've been doing a whole bunch of analytics recently. I got, I got the weirdest experience. I'm writing this massive, detailed, incredible, I can't tell you who it's for. I wish I really wish I could, but it's like this, I'm at 100 pages or more. It's by far the most detailed report I've ever written. It's fascinating. There's analytic insight in this report that's blowing my mind. And I, you just have these realizations that take all the wind out of your sails. It occurred to me just yesterday that only 12 people in the entire world will ever read it. <laughs> <laughs> But damn, I'm going to be so proud of this when it's done. Right. But this is where you're not writing old man in the sea. You're writing a recipe for analytic growth. And that analytic growth will impact a lot more people than 12, I suspect. Yeah, but I'm writing it like old man in the sea. And it's poetic. <laughs> it's beautiful. Like, like the prose in this report, it's, it's dripping with poetry. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. So 
Google has been pushing Core Web Vitals on us. They have been slathering our bread with Core Web Vitals. And uh, <laughs> um, it's debatable how much Core Web Vitals mean right now. We know that as of May 2021, they're supposed to mean a heck of a lot more, although what they're going to mean in May 21 is also debatable. Uh, Danny Sullivan, Google spokesperson, uh, put out a uh, statement yesterday suggesting that when the page experience update does happen, again, sometime in May 2021, it won't be as overwhelming as, uh, as you might expect. It's not going to change everything overnight. Google's well aware that its expectations are kind of insane <laughs> compared to the realities of most websites out there. What do you think? What do you think, Dave? Um, I, I think this is going to be one of those scenarios where, like, basically, when I look at that information, do I change what I'm recommending to clients, right? Which, which is, is reasonable because if it's going to have less of a positive impact, then it holds less value, right? Maybe. But at the same time, what I'm hearing from what they're saying is out of the gate, Right, which is, is a lot like what they did with HTTPS. Try and rank an HTTP site now. Like, just sure. give it a go, and that's not going to happen. But for day one, it had a subtle, they referred to it kind of as the same. It was a tiebreaker factor. It was like, okay, these two things are really close. It's the tiebreaker. Now it would be devastating. Right? Like now it just it just wouldn't even a thing. It would toss up alerts and warnings in your browser, right? Like it, it just wouldn't be a thing. I think that's what we're seeing here. So Yes, they're not going to devastate us out of the gate, um, you know, with what's going on. They'll give people some like warning shots and let us sort of find our bearings. Because unlike HTTPS, this isn't like a light switch. It's not an on or off. There's like subtleties in there in which parts matter and and and, and how good is good enough, right? Those sorts of things. Um, so, yes, they won't kick it out during the gate or, or kick it out of the gate, but. Either way, within the next year or two, this needs to be done. That 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 that's it. It will gain weight. It needs to be done. So, why would I recommend you forego any subtle advantage now because you don't have to do it as devastatingly as you will in a few years when it doesn't? You're still going to have to do it, right? So just just do it. Take your minor benefit now and take more benefit later from the same amount of work that's going to have to be done. I swear to goodness, if I tried to back off on this right now, some of my clients would fire me. I've been pushing them so hard on Core Web Vitals. And I've been doing this specifically because, um, you know, the, the old phrase, uh, a rising tide floats all boats, all <laughs> yeah. things being equal. Yeah. This ain't that. Some sites are going to be better than other sites. That's all there is to it. And, um, yeah, Core Web Vitals isn't going to be the end-all, be-all when they first announce. But like you said, Dave, over time, um, it's going to provide stronger and stronger and stronger signals to Google. We know that Google keeps a dossier on, on, on every website in its index. It, it remembers what you've done as a, as a website. Mm -hmm. And if you can be faster than every other website you're being measured against, um, every other website in the various um, strata groups that Google like pre-caches to meet various types of search uh, search results. That's all measured by what they think of you, not on page, but in that dossier. 
that's where your improvements have to be recorded. And that's why you got to get on this stuff now. And well, the sooner you do, and the and, and it don't stop, by the way. Once you start, don't stop. Right. Well, one thing I, I could recommend just for our for our casual listeners, something that, that hit me is let's like backlink counts, where you look at a scale of one to a trillion of, of backlinks. And here you look at a scale of zero to a hundred. And what I mean by it being like backlink counts is when I'm looking at my client and I'm going, okay, this is what we need to accomplish. I don't go compare yourself with Wikipedia, right? Like you do not need to be a hundred. You just need to be, you don't need to be the fastest person when you're being, or you don't need to be faster than a bear. You just need to be faster than the slowest person when you're running away from a bear, right? So what, uh, for folks who are familiar with Data Studio, this is how I'm presenting it to clients because we use Data Studio dashboards a lot. And you can actually use a Chrome UX report connector. And so I actually have the client's core web vitals lined up next to four of their competitors, and go, it's not how fast are you relative to zero to 100, but watch them. And when we see them move ahead of you, that's what's important. We need to just be better than the slowest person. Right? Like We need to be faster um, than, than our competitors. We don't need to be faster than the fastest site on the web. Um, so it, it helps with a little bit of context. I was really happy. I was actually looking for a page speed connector and ended up finding that the Chrome had developed this that, that, the folks over at the reporting team had developed this connector. Um, so anybody is good with, with Data Studio, it's a super simple connector and it'll help give context to clients or to yourself in, in looking at, at who, who you're actually up against, who the battleground is with. And you check it out once a week, right? See, because they're going to be moving against us too. One of my com- like clients' competitors might be you know having Jim work for him and now I'm battling Jim and I need to go, Okay, but Jim's telling them stuff. <laughs> like, so I need to keep an eye on those on those vitals. So it's a nice, easy way to do that too, without having to go one by one through all their sites. Again, this this is going to be a lot more relevant after May, yeah. and we don't know how incrementally or quickly. But as time goes forward, the performance of your website, again, especially in the mobile environment, is. Um, performance is, is, is going to equal very happy ranking signal. Yeah. You know what, what doesn't equal a happy ranking signal or any ranking signal whatsoever? And this has been interesting. It, it just, this kicked off a deep debate. Um, total number of links in any given website, according to John Mueller, is completely, absolutely irrelevant. Um, it's the quality of links, not the quantity of links that is relevant in Google's eyes. Mm-hmm. This is one of those things that comes into the why did they have to mention it in the first place category for me because wasn't that always obvious yeah well yeah i mean to to me it has been and we i was actually sort of alluding to that fact earlier in the show where i was talking about and then they did these updates so Mm -hmm. like spam forum posting and blog commenting that could be done with bots didn't work anymore um and i've had that interesting conversation where i'm like onboarding a client and sort of looking at okay you have a lot less links than than your competitor but don't worry we don't need to do as many as them we just need to do better than they are um you know i mean backlinks are so easy to manipulate but good backlinks aren't Right, as easy. You can, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but but good backlinks are, are are a lot more difficult. And you have to put in the time. If nothing else, they would still count because your Google can look and go, no, they were willing to put in the time, um, you know, to, to build something decent. So um, so yeah, I, I think to me this just 
you know, it's like not all content is the same. You can build some fluffy, crappy content. We all know what it is. We all get pitched to like post it on our blogs at least five times a day by somebody who should not be writing for blogs. Um, yeah. You know, it, not. How do people get on those career tracks anyway? Do they ask for a job in the newspaper? Like, is it something on Craig? How does this happen? Who are these people? I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. But they're starting to get really aggressive with me on LinkedIn. But <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, okay. But and there's sometimes you're like you're about to okay somebody on LinkedIn or not. And you go, I'm gonna okay this just to see how many seconds it takes. <laughs> get that email uh or, or that you message know, if that. you make a game out of it it's not so disappointing right? <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> okay um long title tags apparently google doesn't care about the tradication point it cares about what you write so there's been a uh, again this is one of those why, why why is this why was this even a question thing uh, Google displays between 65 and 70 characters uh, in a title tag on the search engine results page. It can read more than that. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I mean, I I hate that it does um, because nothing has ever, nothing bothers me more. Well, okay, there's many things that bother me more, but let's say just in pure SEO and sloppiness. Um I actually get quite bothered when I see the dot, dot, dot at the end of a title or description. I'm like, you know, Coke's slogan isn't Coke is dot, dot, dot. Like this is sloppy marketing in, in my opinion. And that's why I hated this message. I'm like, to me, that's sloppy marketing. This is your chance to get your message in front of an audience and attract the click. This is not about rankings. This is about click-through rate. So if you have a dot, 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 that means your click-through rate isn't there. Well, now they're going against it and going, this could help your SEO. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, then that, that part is there. Um, you know, and, and it always has been. But how do you, how do you balance these? And I, I now expect to just see this flurry of horrible title tags. Well, it's going to get out. worse. They're allowing emojis in title tags now. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, uh, so, and I, 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 by the way, emojis, I, if they ever have a ranking value, I'm getting out of this business. Well, and one could argue, but if they if they have a click through rate value, I mean, I'm not okay, getting into that, that, that side. That, yeah. that, 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 that an indirect one, okay, I can see that. But yeah. if a, if a smiley oh. emoji is worth like an extra <laughs> integer point, I quit. <laughs> um, Fair they enough. Will have assaulted, they, they will have assaulted language like way too much for me to deal with, and I'll just have to leave. I assume that we're discounting emoji sites, ones that actually have the copy and paste for your emoji. Um, well, but, but, but how could you again if you only have 60 to 70 characters that Google could read more uh, and it will happily read more but you feature thousands of emojis mm -hmm. how can you say in emoji we have thousands of emojis I don't, I, I don't, apparently I'm, title tag doesn't matter so you can just put all thousand in <laughs> well no here's the, the title tag does matter it, it absolutely does. matters and, and the title tag to me is is probably the most powerful on-page element you can work with given yeah. its marketing text and actually a ranking factor yeah the title tag makes a difference yeah um and it's the it's one of the very first things that the search engine user his or herself sees and makes a decision to, to, to make the click based based on what they read there right yeah so that's uh, that's got power um put your power stuff up front if it's if you got branded terms, like um, people know that they're at xyz.com, they know that. 
Right. Like if you if if, if you if 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 you uh, are working for the mighty XYZ Corporation, people know that they're on the XYZ website. Put right. that at the end of the title tag. You don't need that displayed in the in the search the result page. Right. But sometimes you want the continuity and you want to relate the initial context of the stuff at the beginning of the title to XYZ Corporation. Right. This is the reason for putting it in. Oi. Okay, so long title things. You can write them probably not smart to, but you can. Yeah. And I, you know what? And I, I have and can see, especially in automated systems, you, you can see cases where they just naturally will and, and have to happen. Um, something before people go, I'm going to go out and cram keywords in. We all remember doing that with our keyword tags, right? Is yeah. there is dilution, right? Like you are dealing with a, if there are five words and if there are 20 words, how relevant is one of those words in there, yep. right? Relative to the entire thing. So. Now, if Google had made that an important ranking factor, say six or seven or eight years ago, but it wasn't so important <laughs> in, 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 in subsequent years, they'd never tell you. Right. Google comes out, yeah, comes out uh, I think again yesterday, saying, um, you know, as it turns out, if we depreciate a ranking signal, we're not going to tell you. We never told you. Um, so there's a whole bunch of stuff out there um, that, we knew to be ranking signals at one time that may or you know if they if they've been depreciated google's not said anything yeah i knew yeah. that i think i knew that all along but i mean that just sort of makes sense yeah i've never heard that i mean with some specific exceptions where it actually mattered to tell us like matt uh cuts with no follow Right, like with with link evaporation from the the no follow tag, like it actually mattered to what webmasters were doing, and they had come out saying it did help, and and it actually webmasters were hurting themselves by having taken <laughs> Google's advice at that point. So they had to come out and and go, we are no longer doing that. Um, but it, yeah, right, it, it does make sense for the most part. You can just sort of follow what you can see, um, and, and why would they tell us? Like, I don't, I don't blame them for going, if you're going to still like focus on something that we said in 2007, yeah, like you kind of deserve to be going off in the, in the wrong tangent. You should be paying attention to the stuff we're talking about now. Um, and, and so they're kind of right, except as, as pointed out in, in some of these cases, it actually really matters um, that we know that there has been a fundamental change in the way things are, because sometimes you can be hurting yourself and that's, that's a problem. With self-teaching artificial intelligence, trying to figure out the context of the words used in user queries is a lot of the old meticulous word-by-word -word SEO technique still really valuable. I'm, yeah. do, you, do, you, do you remember like like just like 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 being a fiction writer, just agonizing over individual words at one time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how can I possibly get this in? Not to make it read brilliantly, to make it not read horribly, right? Like that's <laughs> what we were kind of doing, you know. And I, I'm going back to like 2002 or something like that, where it's just like and 3.5 percent density, right? Like jam it in, jam it in. Um, you know, whereas now there there is a, a, a much more subtle aspect of things it's interesting over uh, on on 
SEM Russia, one of their uh, Facebook groups, that is the question of, is it science or, or is it, yeah, science or art at this point? Um, and there is quite an interesting discussion going on on that. And I, I tend to lean towards it's science and, and technical, but there is a lot more subtlety that you just have to, you know, sort of Leonardo da Vinci this and go, I need my creative mind to view the science of things because it is an algorithm, but it is so complex that it takes just seeing it, not trying to reverse engineer it at this point. I think it's an interesting way to phrase it to Leonardo what Leonardo da Vinci had given that man was a based based all of his art on science yeah. on math on on uh provable observation um so yeah um we've always called it an artful science eh yeah yeah and it always really has been um and there were people that leaned on both sides and and you know, I, I've always leaned a little more technical. You've always been a, a, a you know, a, a wonderful wordsmith, right? Like people have their, their various sort of strong suits. And I think we, we finally hit that part where they kind of blend together quite nicely, <laughs> like where it's now becoming this, this merging of, of, of times when uh, both are required and, um, you know, I, I prefer as somebody who uses, and I, I try and remember this all the time where it's like, okay, it was a lot easier before, right? Like you remember it. It was like, okay, this, this was easy back in like 99, 2000, the, the game of SEO was just so much easier. But then I also think about what was it like to actually try and find stuff <laughs> like, because somebody like you or me had like plugged up, not just one, but 10, right. Or eight or 10 of the top 10 with basically the same thing. Um, I, I'm not pinning that on you, but I'm saying it, it was stuff that SEOs did. Um, we can't do that anymore. And as somebody who's trying to find stuff, I, I, I appreciate that. So Google's done a good job there. And that has required understanding that there is a technical and there is a science. Uh, but at the same time, human beings need the art um, of things. People need to be able to read and, and, and see what they want. And we want it in different formats. I might hate video, but other people love it. Right. So um, that's where the real art comes in and, and the content creators can really excel. OK, uh, last quick note before we before we have to run to break. Um, one thing content creators were trying to, I guess, hedge bets um, would be to throw audio transcripts of <laughs> um, of uh, uh, the text on a page. I think that's very useful for um, persons who are deaf but it has zero impact on your Google rankings. Um, but, but, but I imagine that's, 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 that's a, something that's very useful for, for deaf persons, eh? Like, like I yeah. can't think, I think of any other reason to do it. That would be their source of that information. Um, I, I often wonder how accurate Google is in, in these sorts of things like when when they're saying it's not useful from an seo standpoint what 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 do they mean i can say i've posted something like an infographic for example and then included all of the data in text beneath it and had it rank a lot better than it did when i didn't have that text beneath it defining here's all the faqs that we've covered in this infographic or here's all the data points that we've covered in that so when they're saying that i don't 
entirely believe they're answering the question that's being asked in the way that it's being asked. You can look at YouTube video optimization. You put the transcript in there and it ranks better because Google actually has an anchor point on it. Like that just, that just is what, what happens. So I don't know that they're being entirely accurate. I think there's, there's direct ranking signals and indirect ranking signals. Right. Um, you've, you've used click-through rank as, or uh, click-through rate as a, kind of a, a joke prod in, uh, many, in a couple examples. Um, yeah. that, that's a great example. Click-through rate is one of those, no, it's not a ranking factor exactly, but Google cares. <laughs> right. Um, if you make a website that's easier to use, where people spend longer on on page and more people get more value from the website. If Google is truly trying to um, present the best information it can to to its users, it may have a butterfly effect of an indirect uh, effect on, on on your rankings. Right. But I don't think you draw a, tra- a straight line between the two. Okay, on that, we got to take a break. It's uh, it's quarter to the top of the hour at the time that this was reported live to podcast at, at WMR.FM. So, friends, you are listening to Webology on WMR.FM on the 25th of February, 2021. Ten more shopping months till Christmas. <laughs> get, your, get your online orders in now. Um, <laughs> on behalf of Dave Davis from Beatsock, I'm Aiden Markin. This is Jim Hedgen from Always Media. We will be back after these messages. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WMR.FM. It's the 25th of February, 2021. God, that feels weird to say. Yeah. Um, this is Jim Hedger, George, me and Dave Davies. And like an marketing. And uh, we're rounding out the show. Um, we're going to run out of time. I know it's going to happen, yep. okay, but this is an interesting story. So, so featured snippets used to be like uh, you, uh, uh, almost like a holy grail for some SEOs, especially if you were in, in, in publishing. You really desperately wanted to get that featured snippet. Yeah. So you could be like solely, num- I mean, you weren't even number one. You were number zero. You were so high. Yeah. 
You notice that uh, there's not as many feature snippets being displayed in SERPs anymore? You know, I, I heard rumors of that, but I checked all our clients and they've increased in, in their number. So I, I don't know what, like, not by any like astronomical amount, like we're dealing with just average ebb and flow. It could be down next week, right? Like they, but they're within that just sort of normal blip of, of, of sort of featured snippet um, growth and, and, and sort of loss. Um, so I, I didn't see anything myself, but the numbers seem substantial from what I'm hearing. According to MozCast, there's been a 7.5% uh, decrease in um, future snippets. Uh, future snippets. Uh, Rank Ranger shows a, a decline of almost 10%, 9.5%. In uh, future in future snippets, uh, some rush six point nine percent. As a decline in 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 the incidence of feature snippets, um, so it's demonstrable. Um, just under ten percent across the board, um, or just above five percent across the board. I the thing I find interesting is that seems to happen around the same time as um remember google's like phantom announcement uh last week that passages is now live yeah yeah coincidence or correlation <laughs> well that's that's a very valid point and what will they be replacing it with and is what's gone right like because that's i've seen featured snippets that are just rubbish right i mean so have you we all we all have so are they is it that featured snippets are becoming something they don't want to show or have they just gotten better at going, well, that's, that's crap. Now we understand what the section of that site looked like a little better. And that's not supposed to be there at all. <laughs> like that, I th- that has no bearing on what's going on. Honestly, I think it's crossed wires at Google. I think Google intends to have featured snippets and still rank um, individual passages from page oh, yeah. pages. It's just um, confused over which is which. And, uh, presenting fewer feature snippets i bet you if you look down in down in the search results you'll increasingly find uh, google's grabbing little bits of content that it thinks are really relevant for whatever query was asked and posting them up in uh search results instead yeah that makes sense i haven't looked to confirm this i actually saw this story like five minutes before going to air yeah don't you hate when that happens i know it happens all the time (laughs) i know Um, but uh, but anyway, I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. Well, that's it. It's something that I, I have to try and keep in mind because I like we, we all get locked into into thinking like of one thing on on a, on a topic. Um, but we think about passage indexing. We think of like, oh, okay, now it can surface like this block of content, and and it can you know, okay, now it's it's put that up, and and that's great because it can like rank this. And what I also try and remember is it's impacting a lot more than that. Like, yes, it can do that, but it's also just helping it understand what that block of content was. And so could that now impact featured snippets by going, oh, now when I understand the full context of that, I understand that that featured snippet sucks. When I was just reading two sentences in a row, right, as Google bot, you're going, okay, when I was just seeing this little like piece together, it seemed to make sense. But as soon as I read the three paragraphs here, all of a sudden I realized, no, none of this makes sense. And in fact, the person's completely out to lunch and everything else that's going on sort of around it. And so this was, was bad, or this is a poor layout or right, those sorts of sorts of elements. Like I, I've seen for, for one of our clients, um, one of their competitors has a featured snippet. I, I can't get into which one it is, but it's, it's a location 
action-based featured snippet. And it's just a list of the towns in that, in that region. But it's a search really? for the region, right? And it's like that that doesn't actually like, and, and it's with no surrounding context. So it doesn't actually really help at all. And it's a transactional query, right? That, that people are looking at. So it's the least useful featured snippet I've ever seen. How <laughs> right? long just has it existed? It had existed. Now, see, now all of a sudden I'm going in to see if it's still there. <laughs> um, uh, but it had existed for a long time. Okay. Um, like, yeah, it wasn't just like an accident. I thought it was an accident when it appears and it is now gone. Um, so now I'll have to do some queries from different parts of the world and stuff like that. But, uh, but it does appear that maybe they're, they're getting a handle on it, but I, I'm trying to remember that while I have these great ideas for, Oh, okay. This is how um, passage indexing is going to impact results beyond just going, Oh, okay. They'll be able to surface this chunk of content, maybe rank it in the search results individually. It's also just helping them understand that chunk of content for its own purpose as part of a larger document and part of how it links to other pages and part of like, it's going to help them with everything. Um, so I think that it, we may be seeing some, some supplemental impacts that are outside of the scope of what we think of as passage indexing, yeah. um, but that are just part and parcel of what this system does. Um, so anyone who's missing their featured snippets, expect, honestly, I expect that, that you'll see, a demonstrable rise in feature snippets sometime in the next few months when Google figures its stuff out. Right. I guess. Okay, this is this last story is more up your alley than mine. Um but um Google's partner program. Google's allowing some agencies to um step aside or dismiss some of some uh, partner program recommendations. Yes. Thank goodness. Um, I remember when they were rolling out their new partner program and this was not part of it. Um, so basically anybody who has an ads account, um, you can see that there's recommendations and this is Google telling you, you know, you're, you, you have to, 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 you know, here's some things that we've seen that, that we recommend um, for you to do. One such thing is you could be getting more clicks if you just increase your budget. So click apply and increase your budget across <laughs> these 12 campaigns, right? But if I've exhausted my client's budget, like I go, what is your budget? And there are many campaigns I run where we're maximizing their budget, like totally running out of budget at 20% search impression share. Right? Like we're fighting for just maximizing the cost per acquisition because we're never going to fully use up all of the, like we're never going to have access to all of the market share that is available to us. So I don't want to just increase my budget. I can't just increase my budget. That's not something I can do. Part of their original partner program was, well, you're not going to keep your status unless you hit these certain percentages of recommendations approved and you couldn't just clear them. You can't like, so some of them you're like, you can click clear and go, okay, no, I, I either don't have a budget for this, or I don't think this is going to help me. And some cases I'm like, no, Google's just wrong. And so I'm just going to dismiss this and, and it, it's just useless. Um, and in other cases, it's like, I don't have the budget for that. Yeah. Great idea. But you know, you call my client and convince them to give you another quarter. Actually don't, because I know you will call my client if I give you permission to, and you'll try and convince them to give you a quarter of a million dollars more. I'll do that if, if, if I feel it's in their best interest to. Um, but at any rate, that sort, and I pick like an obscure number, like a quarter of a million, because I'm like, those are some of the suggestions they give. And anybody listening will be like, yeah, I was like giving them $50 budget. And they're like, you just need to give us like $85,000 more. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, 
they were going to punish us and take away our badges um, for not just blindly drinking the Kool-Aid and clicking apply to everything they did. Um, now they're in a lot of cases giving us the ability to actually do our job, use our judgment, decide what's in our client's best interest um, and, and, and run forward with it. I, I, I'm hoping that this carries through in the way that they're presenting it as. Um, I, but the, you know, no, none of us have, are losing our badges yet. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Um, I do know that basically they'd like us to just go, here's a hundred dollars per day, give us stuff. Right. And, and just like let their machines just do everything after that. But, uh, but then, so I think this was them trying to force us to let their machines just do what they want. And then we're like a human interaction to just sit there and click apply, apply for them. Um, so I, I think this is, they, they did listen to us. I ranted about it. I'm sure I'm not the only one. And, this is good because some of their suggestions are just horrible. Some of them are good. Some of them are reminders to go there. What they are asking us to do though, is go, you do need to keep your recommendations above this threshold. Like you do need to keep yourself with very few recommendations, but you can clear them now. So you can tell us what's wrong with a recommendation. And I almost get that on there and going, okay, we're going to force you to tell us where we're wrong. We're going to force you to train our systems to tell us what's wrong. And, and that part I do get because there are some advantages to the partner program. That's one of their advantages for having it. Okay. Google, now for, for listeners un, unfamiliar with the partner program, it's not a straight um, points for performance sort of thing. Um, it's more like um, merit badges in say Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts or, or Girl Guides, um, where there is a number of requirements and you have to fit five of seven requirements, something like that. Um, so this is uh, Google had announced new requirements and, and it was going to make you be solid on them and meet them all, including higher ad spends. Um, this might only be temporary, so you should be warned. This could be because of um, partner reluctance because of COVID, as well as an incredible yeah. backlash. Well, and you can you can bet that like one of them that we know is temporary is that they reduce back to $10,000 every 90 days in ad spent to keep your to keep your partner program um, valid. Um, they were going to increase that I believe it was to 20. Um, and like I didn't worry too much about like I've got the ad spend well beyond that. So I wasn't paying too much attention. So pardon me if I'm off by that increase to 20. They have decided to pull that back for now, but I'm pretty sure that it'll go um yeah, I'm pretty sure they'll push it back to 20. And of course, back the 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 Dave who first got his his you know certifications and like got some you know people around me with some certifications. Um, he hates that because he's like, well, that was hard, right? Like there was like, and I got my first client, and I was like hoping to be able to like get their accounts so worthwhile that it would cross over to that ten thousand, so I could get the badge. Uh, now, of course you know, nobody who has something wants to share it, right? Like we all know that. So it's like, okay, but I actually get why they might want to increase that because if you never increase it, that 10,000 is worth less now than it was when the partner program rolled out. So I, I, I kind of get it. Um, one of the areas that I think there is going to be really interesting though, is their, their certification, like just the way their certifications work and, and stuff like that. I haven't gone through the new testing. I'll report on it. And, you know, once, once I have to do that, uh, my current ones haven't expired and I'm not in a rush to do any new ones just to find out how much I like or don't like them. So, um, 
anyway, it'll, it'll be interesting. Um, but anyway, yeah, if it's, it's an, it's a good program. One of the things that is really helpful just for folks who, who don't, but, but who do manage ads campaigns, if you thought it's not really, it's not really useful. You're hit and miss on who you get given as your rep. I have, I've had reps that are just horrible and all they want you to do is click apply, apply next to the recommendations. Mm. Um, and I've had reps and I have one now who's just great. Gives me solid recommendations, doesn't care whether I deploy them or not, just sends me an email after and goes, here's all the things that we talked about. Here's some ideas. And I got you in this beta program and I caught a few things for you. Where like you end up with really good people who are like, they're ahead of the ball or, or you're able to just bounce questions off them and go, how would I go about running this? And then they give you solid feedback, but you, you have to take everything they say with a grain of salt. They're there to make Google money, not you. Um, but sometimes you hit the one that's like, if I can help you make money, then you'll convince your client to give us more money. And he's right. If you can make me more profitable on my clients' big campaigns, then I'm willing to give you more money because the CPA is there. You would think I have this. I have this one client. Um, I, I don't. I don't do their 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 adwords. They have, but I know that I know what their monthly spend is, and they have such such a spend. And their adwords rep, he's he or she. I don't. Know, I don't know if it's he or she, but nowhere to be found. They're having a problem right now, and with the spend they have, you'd think this person would be jumping through like um, flaming hoops and, you know, trying to outswim other train seals, but they're not. It's, it's very frustrating. I will talk to you about that after the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, you, you, um, you don't need to. I'm talking to them about you already. Oh. <laughs> um, Either way, if nothing else, I'll connect them with my rap. He's good. Okay, on that we got it. We got to uh, we got to jump. We got to go. It's uh, top of the hour here on uh, Webcology and WMR.fm. So, friends, you are listening or were listening to Webcology on WMR.fm, WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the twenty fifth of uh, February, twenty twenty one. This is Jim Hedger from Dejawis Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Stick around, WMR.fm. There is great content coming up after the news. COVID's real. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Distance from others. Wear your hands. Don't touch your face. Get vaccinated as soon as you can. Protect your community. Rank well. Be kind to each other. And we'll talk to you next week. The opinions expressed in this WMR.FM program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMR.FM. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.